This episode contains information about the Netflix documentary Stutz. If you do not want any spoilers, I would encourage you to come back and listen to this episode at a later time. It's well worth the conversation and it's well worth you coming back, but we don't want to spoil anything for you. So let's get into the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. Today we are going to be discussing a new documentary film that was released on Netflix called Stuts. David and I have both watched it. We've received requests from you, our fantastic listeners, to do a podcast on this. And so we are. Take a listen and enjoy. You're listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. All right, so I have been hit up three or four times in the last week about a documentary that came out on Netflix in early November called Stutz. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't heard of it. I wasn't familiar with it, but enough people reached out to me and this generally happens, right? With books or with anything else, someone will reach out and say, Hey, have you seen this? Or, Hey, have you read this? And of course yeah, you and I both yeah. like immediately buy the, the book because you know, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. 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 So I watched it and then I immediately texted you and said, Hey, have you seen this? Will you, will you watch it? And you, you've watched it. I've, Which I've I hadn't watched it seen twice. it when you, when you texted me about it. I didn't even know about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I had no idea until I started, until I, you know, I thought it was actually kind of weird that it didn't even come up in my feed on, in Netflix. Like it, I had to actually search for it to find it, which I thought was weird. Especially be. with a new documentary. Especially right? with a new documentary. Yeah. Like, is that what I just, you know, as many of them as I consume, you would think that it would put it up there. Like, have you watched this? I thought it was, that was kind of weird in and of itself, but that has not a whole lot to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. So. For those of you who haven't seen Stutz and are going to watch it, you might want to push pause on this podcast and come back after you've seen it. Or, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, this is definitely a spoiler alert. We're going to talk about many of the things that he's, um, um, that we're learning in this documentary and also a couple of surprise twists yeah. that happen. So if you want to keep it fresh and you want to see it first, you know, before hearing someone talk about it, I suggest that you, yeah. you know, go listen to an old, older podcast we've done for today and then come back to this yeah. when you've seen stats. well what yeah and if you go if you're gonna do that um i suggest you sit down with uh, a pad of paper and a pen and make notes as to what stands out for you right like when you go through it the first time just write down what you notice you don't have to sit there and analyze yourself but write down what you notice right it's important it'll be important to the context after you come back and listen to what we have to say today because you and I talked just briefly about what stood out for us, and we both took took away different things from, we did. from the documentary. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. It's an interesting documentary. It, it's it's very it's very interesting. The first, um, so okay, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, um, the big the reveal here right up front, <laughs> just so everybody knows in case you want to click it off. Um. 
what, what was interesting was I watched, I watched a little bit of it and I just, I don't, I was tired. I wasn't in the right mindset to sit down and see what was going on here. And I shut it off and I bet probably only watched about 10 minutes. And then I came into work and T and I had a conversation in the kitchen about it. He's like, go, he's like, you got to get 15 minutes or so in. Uh, he goes, because there's this reveal that happens that kind of is like a hook and it anchors you into what's going on. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, I wasn't all that, whatever. So, um, and then you and I both talked about this part because it's like, once you notice that, uh, he's re- he need, he's, he can't, he's having, apparently they've been doing it for two years and he's struggling with how it's going and he takes his hair off. Right. He yeah. takes his hair off. He, he is Jonah the, Hill. He is. Yeah. yeah Jonah, I'm sorry. Jonah <laughs> Hill. Um, he takes his, he takes his wig off because he had cut his hair from what it was two years ago. They're not actually in the doctor's office. It's a green screen situation. And he's talking about how he's having trouble doing this because it's not, he's not being authentic. And, and when I saw when I was, as I was watching this and I was watching this conversation, the, the thing that stood out to me the most was that there, there, there was a, there was a one hell of a relationship that developed between the two of them over, over however the period of time is that Jonah's been working with this gentleman. So, um, I kind of saw it as a love story. Like, uh, it really is a love story, I think. And it, but he did it because I think he's got so much affection um, for the way he feels about Stutz and the progress that he's made over the years because of working with this guy that he wants to, you know, he wanted to bring it to the world, it, you know, to some degree, like this is how this guy helped me. And here's these tools that he gave me that, re- that seriously helped me in my life. And I was, I was really struck. I was really struck. But I mean, like the tools are good and, you know, it, I'm, I'm happy with all that stuff, but I was really struck by the relationship. Like for me, the most impactful thing about it was the relationship between these two guys that turned out to be a healing journey for both of them. That's, that was the thing that hit me the most out of it. And it may be because I'm aware of the tools and like there was nothing groundbreaking or yeah, earth shattering yeah. within the, in the process. Yeah. But. What was, what did come to the surface for me anyway, was about this relationship, which I believe, you know, it's interesting because it's kind of like, you're, if you're a therapist, you're really not supposed to have that kind of a relationship with your, with your client or your patient. Um, but in this case, it helped both of them heal uh, dramatically, you know, that that's. So let's talk about that for a second, yeah, yeah. right? So the. It, the the documentary opens with Stutz explaining how he came about the tools, how it felt so um, helpless sure, to yeah, just yes. sit across from someone and listen to them, listen to their problems, and not be able to give them advice as right, to what to do. Their, just, that's their with how they're trained. Right, they're yeah. trained just to listen. Like, how don't you dare? And those those are the words that he used. Yeah. Is his um, his teacher said, "Don't you dare yeah. prescribe or tell people what to do." And Stutz was like, that's, it was brutal. He's like, it was brutal. You have people come in, they tell you all these horrible things. They, they talk about it and then nothing changes because they don't see what to do differently or who to be differently on the other side of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that it, that that's basically the premise for for Stutz's work is that he is a therapist that gives you tools to 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 implement immediately that will shift how you're feeling in a in a quick way. I mean, it's it's not those tools aren't. I mean, there are things that we've taught. They're they're that's very much in alignment with with you know that advice that we give some of our clients. But the the premise was like we can't just we can't just listen to people in all of their pain and and not help them. He he felt like just listening was right. not was not helping. Right. Right. And that's what you know, Jonah fast enough. Fast, fast, enough. Enough. fast enough. It would take forever for yeah. them to. You know, the, the idea was that your the patient has their own process. Don't right. get in the middle of the patient's process. Well, I mean, that flies in the face of everything we teach around blind spots. You can't see what you can't see, no matter how how much you talk about it. Sometimes you just can't see what you can't see, and right. you need someone to give your brain a different direction so that you can see something in a different way. And that's what that's what Stutz did for for Jonah. Is he introduced these this set of tools that Jonah uses on a daily basis? Um, he writes them down on index cards as he's going through the sessions and hands them so that there's that that connection. But the whole idea about the relationship between the two of them, it's a really it's a very interesting relationship because it has clear boundaries and they both hold their own boundaries. Yeah. Right? Like they both don't have any problem saying, you know, I'm not talking about that right now. You're, you know, this we're talking about you or stop deflecting by injecting humor into everything let's stay on and they both respect each other for that like they both thank each other for that right rather than getting negatively triggered or emotionally triggered so i think it's a a fantastic relationship that they have with very clear boundaries and you know it's you saw it from the perspective of this relationship between these these two human beings right and i saw it from a completely different perspective i wasn't really I mean, I, I was aware that, the, you know, that they had a great relationship, but I was noticing how I was responding to the documentary when I was watching it. And, you know, I talk all the time with our team, with other people, with other leaders about vulnerability mm. and the power, of, the power of vulnerability. And everyone walks around with all this armor on, not wanting anyone to see anything that they don't want them to see. And it actually... It actually pushes people away, right? Right. right yeah. And I was noticing, again, just like you, the first 10, 15 minutes of the documentary, I was like, eh, this is all right. You know. Something was it, off. It was just, it didn't feel, it just. It, it didn't suck you in. No. Like I was having a hard time yeah. paying attention. At one point I looked at Brandon <laughs> and, I, and I wanted to ask him like, hey, are you sure you want to watch this right now? Like, I don't. Yeah. It, it, as soon as they flipped to the scene where Jonah was like, you know, I feel like we're being dishonest. I feel like we need to, if we're going to do this and talk about vulnerability and the power of these tools, and I think that we need to actually follow them in this, in this instance. And that's when he, he pulled his wig off and explained that they'd been working on this for, what, I, don't, I can't remember. Two years. Like forever, Two a years. really long time. Yeah. And it was supposed to be, the, the appearance was supposed to be one session together, right? It was supposed to be a video of one session between Jonah and his therapist interviewing Stutz about like his life and how right. he came to get these tools and everything. And he t- pulls off his wig and they, they show the green screen. And I noticed my body physically lean in. Like I was like, okay, now I'm interested, right? How many times in your life, in business, as a leader, as a human being, have you been terrified to tell someone 
some some truth about you. And what actually happens is that someone actually leans in mm. almost every time. Yeah. You tell the right person. Right. Right. You don't want to tell the wrong person your right. your vulnerabilities. Well, it's it's also a it's also a physical cue that you've made a connection, right? And the person leans in, you know that they're you're there's there there is that intimate intimacy, there the vulnerability that's starting to take place. Yeah. It's an unconscious movement. It's an unconscious body movement. Yeah. Yeah. So there was this real this really cool parallel that was going on with how they were actually um, how the documentary was actually produced and it paralleled what Stutz was teaching about about vulnerability, right? Like yeah. it it was really cool for me. That was the first time I watched it. I noticed that because I was I always do what you say, like watch what stands out to you. Mm -hmm. Like pay attention in anything that you're taking in, watch what stands out to you because that will give you clues as to to where you are in your own awareness and maybe some lessons that you need to learn in that area. And it was very interesting to me watching myself watch the watch the first time what that kind of like dropping of the armor and just truth telling did for me. I I was hooked at that point. I was like I'm I yeah. love this. I'm 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 all in watching this. Um, and then of course he goes through, you hear, you hear bits and pieces of Stutz's story and you also hear bits and pieces of Jonah's story and they're both being called to be vulnerable. Like they're both, they're both sitting in front of a camera on a Netflix show right. telling people about some really hard things that have happened to them and how they've like what they're afraid of and how they've dealt with it. Right. Like. Most people have a hard time sitting across from one person in a quiet room that they love telling them those things. And here you have two men. I think that's significant as well. Sure. Because it's not, this is not something that's, that is historically easy for men to do is to show vulnerability, especially in terms of, you know, relationship with each other. Um, you have these two men like speaking openly about their, some really, some really, really, really hard things that have happened in their life. You know, Stutz lost a brother, completely disrupted his whole life, his, you know, dysfunctional um, family. Jonah lost his brother, yeah. uh, albeit older. I think his brother was 40 when he passed away. Um, but it, it was both like, it was one of those, those situations where there was a, before this happened, this is how life was, and after this happened. Right. yeah. This is how, like, right. it, what, what do you what do you call that? Um, a defining moment mm -hmm. that changed definitely defining that changed moment. everything yeah. for a long time. Yeah, right. Defining moments in in your life, and and it's interesting because um, there's a well. You have a brother. I have a brother. We, you know what that connection is, even if it's not the best relationship. It's still your sibling, right? Right. Uh, it's a, it's a really interesting, um, a really interesting thing, and so there's similarities there in the pain, uh, to, together, that they both experienced, and the outward vulnerability that got kind of closed down, as far as life goes, you know, because Stutz is having issues with, we find out he has a, a woman in his life that he's very interested in, but he can't really seem to get close to her. Because well, of his own vulnerability. That's issues. the sec that's the second thing they have in common is they both have very difficult relationships with their mothers. <laughs> right? So they both lost siblings, they both lost brothers, and they both had 
very difficult relationships with their mothers. Yeah. Jonah's Jonah's relationship with his mother was very strained. Was he he was a child because she was triggered by his his weight, and all the doctors were telling her he needs to lose weight. She was interpreting that, and this is my opinion. I'm a bad mom because my kid's overweight. She yeah. had stories herself of what that means to be overweight. So she put him through all of these things in which he, the message that he perceived was, I'm not okay. Right. There's something wrong with me. And then Stutz, his mom had a horrific relationship with her father who was incredibly abusive and then deserted the family. So she grew up with the belief that men were terrible and she just continued that message. She would say that in front of him all the time, like men are, and and his dad would agree. So like that, that influenced his relationships growing up as an adult. He had a very hard time connecting with, with women. Jonah had a very hard time accepting himself for who he is. Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the eatable mother thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, mother's going to destroy the thing that she loves. Right. Um, but the interesting thing was, there was a key phrase that was said, I, I probably two-thirds of the way through the documentary that I think is really good, is that when you go to someone for help or when you see someone like a therapist, you think they have it all figured out, right? When, when people come to work with us, they think you have it all figured out. Oh, yeah. Right? For sure. No one has it all figured out. Never. Everyone is dealing with something. <laughs> right it's it's part of being human yeah like there's three things that he says are going to be a part of your life forever and ever that's pain uncertainty and constant work yeah that you're as a human you'll always experience like if you're not experiencing one of three of these things you're dead basically so nobody has it all figured out because everybody's on a path of constant work which means constant growth Mm -hmm. right and it was it it hit me because so many people are seeking to not be in pain, to not be in certainty, and to not have to do the work. Right. But that's an impossibility right. as a human being. Well, that's that whole destination thinking that we talk about. Right. Yes. They think that there's this place where they can arrive where those things don't exist anymore in life, you know, it's like Garden of Eden again. Right. Stutz calls that the snapshot. Is that so what he called it? He calls the it the snapshot. So how many of you listening to the podcast in you have in your mind some kind of destination that you want to get to and your brain has taken a snapshot of it, right? Whether that's financial freedom, what's the snapshot, right? What, what does that look like? The truth is, is that that is, that's just an illusion. It's not, there is no snapshot. There is no snapshot. It's not, it's not real. Oh, thanks, Brandon, for putting that up there. Yeah, the perfect snapshot. And it's created by part X and part X is your subconscious mind, right? It's those negative voices that are constantly telling you you're not good enough. You're not lovable enough. What are people going to think? Like all the the self um, deprecating thoughts. That's what he has labeled part X. Yeah. And part X, because it's so sneaky, creates this snapshot that gets you to believe in it, but it doesn't exist and it never will exist. Right. And it's interesting because Jonah said, when, when he was explaining how the snapshot showed up for him, the snapshot represented him finally accepting himself. But that's not what it was. The snapshot was, I'm going to be, I'm just going to work. I'm going to work and be as successful as I can. I'm going to win awards and I'm going to do all these great movies. And he did that. And when he got there to the place where he, that he thought was his snapshot, 
he actually had never felt worse mm-hmm. because he realized that it was a lie. 29 years ago, I read a book that absolutely changed my life, and that was The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. When I finished reading it, it finally answered so many of the questions that I was experiencing in my life, including why I wasn't making sales. If you want to have the same experience as me, join me on December 14th at 2.30 Eastern Time. Go to lifeisnowinc.com slash secret. See you there. And now, back to the show. Live from the pit of hell, as we say. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, so it this shows up in people, yeah, like I hear, I hear entrepreneurs, especially when they're feeling super overwhelmed um, or something's going on in the business that is just really taxing to them. They'll say, oh, I just, you know, remember, I remember like, simpler times those simpler times i just want to i just yes. want the simpler time i want to sell everything and and right. m- move to mexico and and you know sell fish in a fishing village or something right that doesn't exist well it's an interesting thing because when we sit down with somebody and we ask them what they want you and i both know that there's a core wound that probably has not been addressed that is going to show itself in some interesting way with this person but as but it's interesting because you'll sit there and you'll listen to them tell you they'll they'll they will tell us what they want, and even though we don't use this language with the snapshot, could you put that back up again, T, for a minute, just so I have a visual reference of the of his language? So he he says part X the snapshot right is the is the villain, even though you and I don't really use that language, it's kind of like we both know that there's things that they say that they want because they think it's going to make everything better, whether it's the relationship or it's the money or it's the fame, right? There's different things that they will pull out of this idea of what they want because they think that that's going to make this part inside of them that is completely lacking or hurting go away, right? And uh, that's an interesting, well, I mean, look, he calls it the villain, right? Right. He calls it the villain and it is, it's, it's, it's kind of like this false promise. Uh, if you could just get here or there or accomplish this or that, everything is going to be good, you know? Right. And another thing with this stuff with, that I think is interesting that I remember in my own work going through, in, especially in relationships, was like, if I could just be good enough, they would love me, right? Like, if I could just represent this one thing, then I would get love. And it, and like with both of them, it, it started in with mom with, you know, and then ultimately the brothers die. Right. Right. Yeah. I love the idea of the, the, that he gives shape to that perfect. I think so many people have that end destination in mind Yeah, and they don't realize that it's, that it's false and that if they get there without doing the work, they're actually going to feel worse than they do right now. Right. I mean, how many things do people do to avoid pain? Innumerable. Like they'll they'll destroy themselves to avoid pain. Right. Right? Even thinking of like you have a business owner and they're afraid of rejection. They would rather see their business run into the ground than feel the rejection of a sales call. Yes. Right? So it's it they've they're in pain avoidance. But when you can actually hear someone say, look, it's totally normal and perfectly part of being human for you to experience pain, uncertainty, 
in constant work. Then yeah. it's like, oh, so maybe I shouldn't fight against this so much. Maybe I should walk through it. Right? Like, I'm not going to be destroyed. And that's what he says is a truly confident person, is someone who can move forward in uncertainty. Mm. And that really is what separates the successful from the non-successful. Because us successful people move forward through uncertainty, even if, even if they're making a mistake. Yeah. Right? It's not yeah. about whether or not you make a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. There, there is no such thing as perfection. Right? Every time, every time we, we launch something or create some kind of new marketing strategy, there, something's going to go wrong. Like something's not going to turn out the way, that I, the way that I want it to turn out. If I'm, I'm expecting it to move me forward, I'm expecting it to move the company forward, and it always does, but it doesn't necessarily turn out how I think it's going to turn no, out. No, so the mistakes and the pain are leading the way. The mistakes and the pain are leading the way. And if you're running from or trying to change them into something or avoiding something within them, then you're, you're not learning the lesson. Right. And that brings me to another tool that he, that he um, introduced in the documentary, which is the string of pearls. Right? Which every, everything you do is another pearl that you add to your string of pearls. Yeah. But in each of those pearls is a little turd, right? It's something... <laughs> That went wrong or didn't turn out quite right or something, you know, quote unquote, perceived negatively that happened, but it allows you an opportunity to, to see something or learn something yeah. or grow in some way. So if you change your expectations from I'm going to do everything perfect to I'm going to do everything and I know there's going to be a turd somewhere in here for me to learn from, all of a sudden you show up differently in those, in those actions. And you also take those results completely differently. Right. I just did a I just did a Facebook post um, or an Instagram post today on like the the immature the immature business owner will try something and if they don't get the result they'll just avoid dealing with it they'll excuse me they'll take the result personally they'll make it mean something about them it'll be too painful for them to actually go back and say okay what went wrong the mature business owner will say huh. That wasn't the result that I wanted. I wonder why. I wonder if I changed this, fill in the blank, if my results would be different. They would survey their audience. They would do focus groups. They would, they would do research to figure out what specifically could be changed so that they could get a better result, yeah. right? Yep. One, is a, one is an opportunity for learning and growth and the other is not. Right. So if you approach this as, we're going to do this and I know something's not going to go right. Like I know something's in my opinion, not going to go right. There's going to be, there's going to be some quote unquote disappointment within this. Then you actually go in looking for the opportunity to learn rather than being disappointed when it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to. So you adjust your, um, you adjust the goal of the thing that you're doing. Yes. Does that make sense? It makes total sense because most people are looking at it from the aspect of they want the success to make them okay. Right. You think if I could just have this success, everybody will see me as okay. And they're, they're coming from this internal visualization of what is that's actually wrong with them. So they focused in on this idea. If I could do this, how many times have we heard people actually say, what do you want? I want to be famous. It's like, really? What is that about? You want to be famous? Like what, tell me what that is. What is, what is famous? It's acceptance. It's acknowledgement, but it's not 
I want to do these things to help people. And, you know, if everybody knows about it, that would be great. It's famous. It's like, I want fame for fame's sake, just so that thousands or millions of people will tell me that I'm, that I'm actually okay. Well, look what happens to a large portion of celebrities. You like going down the dark road, right? Is going down the dark yeah. road, right? Absolutely. Like you have you have people that um, celebrities. Let's just use them as an example. This this takes place in everywhere, not just not just with celebrities, but you have celebrities that that really that want to be famous because they that fame when they get to that snapshot. That's their snapshot, right? Right. When they get to that snapshot, they feel they think that all their feelings of unworthiness are going to go away. That they'll pro- they'll finally have 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 proven that they're good enough, that they're worthy enough, and that they're lovable. But then when they actually get there to the pinnacle, they're lonely. They're more lonely than they ever they're, been before. They're more lonely than they've ever been before. And then that's when the drugs and the alcohol and whatever various then things, they go into self medication to make the pain go away yeah. because the success won't make the pain go away. Right. And they're not dealing with the actual problem that that caused it to begin with, yeah. which is their own their own um, feeling of self worth. Right, exactly, exactly. It's really, I think it's interesting. I think it's great what what he did. I love the idea. I I really love the idea, and I've always thought that um, you whoever it is that's that's coming from help. If you give them something to do, they feel like they have something to work on for themselves. I've never been a huge proponent of just coming in and sitting on the couch and just talking about the problems. I understand that with some people that that really works, especially when there's huge trauma and stuff. Like some people just need to to sort it out. Jordan Peterson talks about it frequently where he'll say that, you know, giving a person an opportunity to just talk. Uh, is a very healing thing. And I agree because a lot of these individuals didn't have the ability to talk right. and express themselves at all. So there is a huge healing part that goes with that. Um, but we're also people that want to do something. You know, I think of people that really want to be involved in their own healing, involved in their own journey, whatever it is. It's like, can you show me something that I can do that will help this? Now, the difference might be in what they think, you know, like give me the magic bullet type thing but it's yeah. not the magic bullet but it is things that help you put the pieces together you know to create the new synapses in your mind of cause and effect this and this and what is causing what it is that you're feeling and how you can change that in ways that you can see things differently without looking at it from the internal lens of like the role i mean here it's here's an interesting thing if you look at if you look at people that are celebrities because they're actors, one of the things that you find out is they usually got really good at changing roles as kids. Right? Yes. They played perfect roles in order to avoid something that was painful in their childhood. So it's, um, I think it's really interesting. And I still, and I still think like there's this, there's this thing that stands out for me in this, in this process. He's such a gentle man which I think is, um, I think it's a really great thing, especially for another man to be able to sit across from him and to be vulnerable, to have that kind of feminine side there uh, that allows somebody to feel safe mm-hmm. in whatever it is that they're talking about. But that uh, uh, the idea of that relationship had to help 
heal on on a completely different level than just the tools itself, right? Because oh yeah, can you? I mean, you can see this beauty of trust between the two people, and I would imagine, like I don't know either one of them personally, um, but even even the even Stutz, the doctor, he still has trust issues, right? Totally, he still has yes. trust is- issues with women. I mean, and you know, at the end of the at the end of the documentary, he. Him, him and Joan are talking this out, talking this through, and he wants to go back and give it another attempt with this with this relationship. He's getting much older, and he want you know he's he's suffering with his Parkinson's, and he really wants to be with someone, but he has to be able to go to that level of intimacy and vulnerability himself. And just that process alone allowed him to actually get there. You know, it was interesting because there were you saw. I thought this was good too. This kind of this kind of cracked me up a little bit. You saw Stutz kept trying to treat Jonah during the movie, and Jonah would stop for a minute, and you could see this look in his face. He's like, "No, I'm not going to talk about that because this movie is about yeah. you." Like he flipped yeah. it, he flipped it on him, which I thought was really cool. And there were several of those instances where he did that. That was pretty neat. Yeah, it was also fascinating to see um, Stutz's. Uh, deflection strategies come up when he didn't when he was feeling uncomfortable or when things were getting really close to his heart um both of the guys have have the um defense mechanism of using humor to deflect so that's another thing they had in common because they both like completely used humor to deflect when something was getting a little bit like too close to their heart or a little bit too intense they would just deflect with yeah with humor yeah. and like dry, sarcastic, like and you what's Jonah known for? Like he's funny as hell. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, know, in the roles that he plays, you know, he's just he's he's brilliant uh, in those things. He, yeah, he really is. But yeah, you're right. You're right. They use it. They use it to deflect. At the very beginning, when. Jonah and, and, and Stutz are first, like, it's the b- beginning of the, the documentary. And, you know, Jonah's saying why he, why he wanted to do the documentary and how important the tools are and how important action is. And, and Stutz is saying, you know, why, how he got to giving people, like, do what I tell you to do, do exactly what I tell you to do. You know, he threw some explicatives in there as well. Yeah. Um, but do these things and you'll feel better. And the interesting thing for me is that these these things are not these are not mind-blowing things, right? He talks about when someone first comes to see him, they work on everybody has control of their life force energy. Yeah. Which I had never heard in turn that in that in those terms before, right? And he drew a triangle and you know, at, at the base of the triangle is your physical body. Yeah. So your life force energy starts with your physical body. It then moves up into the relationships that you have with other people. And he explained how when you have more than one person, you create a field. And then the top level, the, the point of the triangle is yourself, the relationship with yourself. So all three of those things are actions that you can, like areas where you can take action now that have an incredible effect on how you feel and how you show up in your day. and. You know, it was interesting to me that life force energy was really about focusing on on you. He described most people come to him and they feel purposeless. 
Yeah. They don't know yeah. what their purpose is. They don't know what they should be doing. They've kind of lost their, yeah. their zest for life. Some they're, are depressed. they're depressed. And because of the depression, they're feeling lazy. They know that they should be doing something different. They know that they have bad habits, but they don't know what to, they don't know what to do. Right. Like they're not sure how to get themselves out of it. And anyone who's been depressed knows that it's really hard when you're feeling depressed to get yourself to do something. Absolutely. Right. And he explains focus on your life force energy. So focus on moving your body, whatever that looks like for you. Focus on diet, what you're putting into your body, whatever that looks like for you. Focus on people in your life, creating the relationships, reaching out to people, asking them to lunch, asking them to spend time with you. All of those change who you are. They change how you're feeling. They get you out of that place of being of being depressed. Yeah. Um and I just thought that was Phenomenal because I've been to see several therapists and some of them have been exceptional, but not a single one of them ever started with my life force energy. Me either. Right? Like you have control over your life force energy. Focus on what you can what you can control. Focus on the little habits that make really big impact. And Stutz point blank said, Hey, if you focus on these three things, your entire life will change. Yeah. Regardless of what's happened to you in the past, regardless of what you're currently dealing with. You focus on these things. It'll, you see things differently than you than you than you see them now in this current space, and you you have the ability to take different action. Yeah, and I I just think that's so foundational and so fundamental, and it's just not it's just not talked about. It's not, and w- I think one of the interesting things about it is that it seems to me that as a therapist therapist, he looked at the the way that he was working with clients and what was going on with them. And he's like, I need to deal with them with the thing that they're dealing with right now, not trying to get them to another place right? where they can start to feel better. But what is it they're suffering with now? What can I give them to go home with? They can actually do something about the problem that they have right now. I mean, it's really, you know, it's interesting when you're, if, like, let's say depression, right? Um, we know that if you do certain things, you're going to lift yourself out of your depression. But it's, you know, when somebody's down in that well, they don't know that. Right. They don't know that, right? So to say, well, if you would just do these things, you'd be outside of it instead of actually making some kind of a connection for them uh, with individual perspectives. What, like, here's these different things. Here's three areas to focus on. Here's things that you can do in these three areas. And that will help you, give you the power to be able to lift yourself up to a different place. It is very different. And, and the other thing is that it's not shoving medication down their throat. Or overwhelming them, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. people, people want more. They always want more. But more is not always the right, the right prescription. That's correct. Right? Like sometimes less. Less is more. Is, I don't want to say more, but less is what's necessary yeah right and and it, to me this was affirming because we do this with our clients right you know we do we do th- this per- in-person work and we take them through a process that helps them uncover what their core wound their core fear their core negative beliefs are and then we apply that learning to an exercise that gives them an action step right and we start really small like we start with a mm. list of three or four actions and you know people are sitting and I, I know this because i've asked them they're sitting in the conference room with us and they're like that's it like i want to like give me more i want yeah. the whole thing and we're yeah. like you don't understand if we give you more you'll sabotage the whole thing the whole thing you've got to start where you are and build that muscle to begin to trust yourself 
to begin to see that you can actually accomplish this, to build your self your self confidence and your self esteem by just moving forward with these right. things. And it's the same premise that Stutz does with life force energy. Like just start here. Mm-hmm. Just do this one thing every other day or every three days. Get in the habit of doing that one thing, and then you build from there. And all of a sudden the clouds have parted and you're out of that place without even realizing that you've, you've done anything massive to get out of that place. Yep. Exactly. I mean, habits, it's the whole premise of our elite mind program, right? It's, it's all in, it's all in your habits. It's in the habits. It's in understanding what it is that you're working on. You know, the other thing that, that whole idea of, I want to know all of it really is coming from fear that you're not going to get any of it. Correct. You know, that's really where that's starting from. And when you give somebody just a little bit, it's like, well, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not going to get everything and have every, but you, but like you said, Steph, you won't, they, people don't use it. And it's not, that's not in our mind. We know that after years of working with people, what they'll work with and what they won't and how fast will they make progress based on where you start them. Correct. Yep. This is, yeah, years and years. Yeah. Hundreds of, of private clients yeah. that we've, you know, in the beginning, we gave too much to and we watched them just not take action on any of it. What have you done? Nothing. Oh, this happened and this happened and this happened and right. because it's, it's just too much. Yep. So you start small. I loved the documentary. Yeah, it's a um, documentary. Like I said, I saw so much more watching it the second time than I did the first time. I actually had my 19-year-old daughter watch it. She wants to get tattoos of the tools. Is that right? Because it made so much, like she watched from a completely different perspective, right? Like yeah. this stuff, the psychology part, you know, we've studied that for years and right. years and years. That's not new to us. But for her, she'd never heard, she'd never heard anything like that before, right? right? And I'm guessing that, you know, the la- a, a large portion of people that are watching Stutz for the first time have never heard someone talk about their own psychology or how their brain works or how their mind thinks in this way. And I, I just think it was such a gift that Jonah did this on so many levels. Yeah. It was a gift. It was a gift to Stutz, who, by the way, has two books published. Um, they're both on order for me. I'm going to check them out and see what his, his books are. So it was a gift for Stutz, kind of, a, I think, kind of a, a tribute to him. Yeah, for sure. And his work. Um, it was a win for Jonah because he healed through the process, he had to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. which whenever you're vulnerable, I mean, you grow. It was a gift to the people that watched the, the documentary. And I know that the people that, that worked on the set of that documentary, there's no way that, 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 they, that they didn't grow right. and be a witness to as much as they, as they were witness For to. Sure. So I just think it's a, a, a huge gift. If you li- listen to us and you haven't watched it, Check it out. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, but, and we're also open to you disagreeing with us. If you think this was a total waste of time, we, we'd love to hear that as well. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Yeah. And I definitely recommend people, you know, stick through the first 15 minutes because it does, it does take a, a dramatic turn there. And the first 15 minutes are a little bit on the dull side, in my opinion. It's great because we wouldn't have had this conversation five years ago. Like there's no way that back, we're, we come from an era where mental health was just dusted under the rug and you move on. I know people who are in the latter stages of their life that have been dealing with mental health their whole life and have never been treated. I saw some crazy statistics about like 54 million adults in this country, the United States have issues with some sort of mental health, whether it's depression, anxiety, PTSD or whatever, but they don't even get treated. Like half of those people aren't even treated. It's just amazing to me. So the reason I bring that up is because this conversation that happened between Stutz and putting it on Netflix 
and Jonah Hill, you know, really just letting the film do the work because he's not promoting it. That, that might be why it didn't hit your feet either. He is not promoting this because he is having such tremendous anxiety attacks right now that he, can't, he doesn't even want to go out in public right now. He's really struggling with it. So Jonah is? Jonah is. So he's going to let the film oh, wow. do the talk for him because he could really be out there promoting this because this should be up for some sort of an Academy Award just from the premise of he, we're breaking that fourth wall between the, the stigma that is mental illness. You know he's changing his name, right? I did hear something about that. He's changing his name. Yeah. Back to his original name. Hill's not his last name. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He's changing his name. Yeah. That's what I saw. I didn't realize what you were talking about. Wow. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to be interested. I'm I'm really going to be interested to see if there's pushback against this from just from the communities out there. There's so much of that kind of nonsense that goes on these days like something good comes out and there's all this craziness that gets wrapped around it. I'd be interested to see. Well, you know that there will be some sort of an ethical pushback from actual therapists. I'm not putting everybody in that, but there will be some people that say, well, this is a complete breach of the client, you know, well, confidentiality, yeah. but he's the one putting it out there. Right. Well, I mean, they do it with everybody. It yeah. seems like anybody that makes any significant progress, Jordan Peterson, like he gets attacked constantly. Oh, I remember yeah. back in the day when Tony Robbins was getting really big and he's not a therapist. And the jealousy from therapists because this guy was making such progress so fast with people and how much money he was making, they just ripped him to shreds. But it never stops. Usually, never stops the person yeah. on the other side. Yeah, it's like check your own jealousy. They know, you know what it. They the know what it is. Right. And yeah. and I'm, we're going to go ahead and link to those books down below, even though we haven't read them yet. I'm interested to read them as well. Steph said they're they're on order. Those two books, the first one that that he wrote with his writing partner, uh, I believe it's Barry Michaels, mm -hmm. the tools, which is five tools to help you find courage, creativity, and willpower, and inspire you to live life in forward motion. Um, that is basically that came out in 2012, so it's been around for 10 years. And then the most recent one came out in 2017, Coming Alive for Tools to defeat your inner enemy, ignite creative expression, and unleash your soul's potential. So we'll link to those in the show notes below. So be sure to check that out. And of course, check out Stutz on Netflix. You will not be disappointed. Or if you are, then go ahead and leave us a comment so we know what you're thinking. It's yeah. not for everybody. Maybe. And I, I just want to give a final show, shout out. Not that he'll, not that he's listening to this podcast, but I really think that it took a tremendous amount of courage for Jonah Hill to do this yes. on oh, yeah. all levels. Yeah, totally. I mean, this isn't just like a conversation with his, with his therapist. This was a, a, two, a multiple year project with hundreds of thousands of dollars spent really like burying your soul to <laughs> to the public which he brought his mother in i mean he brought his mom right, in right. like i was just floored like you talk about vulnerable right hats off like hats off to him yeah, yeah. for walking no, he, the walk yeah he did a great job he really him. did a great job with this check it out everybody let us know what you think Thanks for listening, everybody, to this episode of the Successful Mind Podcast, where David and I break down the new Netflix documentary, Stuts. We'd love to know what you thought of the documentary. Um, go ahead and leave a comment. Even if it's not doesn't agree with us, we want to hear what you have to say. And we'll catch you next time on the Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to lifeisnowinc.com.